Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Rough Riders on Monday named Cody Fajardo their starting quarterback. I did not hear news out of Calgary of the same, but you're going to pay a guy the highest paid Rough Rider in franchise history in this all-or-nothing year. I didn't really see the explanation from Craig Dickinson as to why they're going back to Cody Fajardo, but I also don't need it. Your guy is your guy, and you ride him until you can't ride him anymore. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show. Like we do daily, we're coming in hot. Uh, This is episode number 827 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. We have all of Canada to ourselves on television, on Game Plus TV, and 31 U.S. states, including Florida, as we welcome back to the program the Moose. He's loose. Moose DuPont, the owner, president, and CEO of the RP Show Corporation. And Moose, for the first time ever, 827 shows, it's the first time. We've had to cut somebody off with the credits in the middle of them talking, and it happened to Rod Black. If there was anybody that I could like to think that it would happen to or that would have that honor, it's Rod Black. Did you catch the end of hour one? Yes, I did. And, you know, it doesn't usually happen. We're usually pretty good at that. But, hey, when it's time to go to break, it's time to go to break. Yeah, you'd you'd think he'd know. Uh, By the way, uh, Donna watching on YouTube, and I think also Game Plus. She says, nice to see the relaxed side of both rods. And Carlos in Indianapolis says, agreed. One of the nice things about this show, seeing people in their environs. Look, they're comfortable environs. We're going to get back to the breaking news of the day. It is that Bo Levi Mitchell will not start a quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders Thursday at Winnipeg. There's that. That's really the only other news. The only news in the CFL today, we're taking a look at the Winnipeg Jets today in NHL circles, and uh, I'll say it again. I'm sure you're not happy me mentioning this, but we've had our first American radio station reach out and say they'd like to carry the RP show, and I just think that's exciting. I hope we can get a deal done. It only needs to start with one, and they like our NFL coverage and our NHL coverage. CFL, eh, but there's a lot of comments on the both thing. Darren, I want yours uh, on this. Rod Black said he's a Jets fan because he's an original Winnipeg Jets fan. Was never a Bomber fan. He was an Alouette fan. Who were your first teams? And this goes to all of our viewers. I, I, you know, people say that we have the best audience participation of any show on television, and we do. Who were your first teams? They say you'd never forget your first. My first favorite NHL team was the Montreal Canadiens. And my dad forbade me from cheering for them. It's not allowed. Pick another one. In in this house. That was my dad. So then it became the Oilers, and it worked out pretty well. First CFL team was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but followed very closely by the Toronto Argonauts. And that was primarily because I liked their uniform. I'm a big fan of blue. Favorite baseball team was the Montreal Expos. That was my favorite first team. Favorite first NFL team? Dallas Cowboys. And what other leagues am I forgetting? 
Do you remember yours? I don't know. Do you remember yours? Yeah. Well, in hockey, it was the Maple Leafs. Uh, one of our family friends, I just, he, he was so cool. He had all the, he had a TV in his bedroom. That was the coolest thing. And he had a Felix Potvan picture on his wall. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm going to cheer for the Leafs. Right. So the Leafs were my first favorite hockey team in baseball. It was the Seattle Mariners. I was a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan. And then it became the Blue Jays. I like Ken Griffey Jr. In the CFL, it was the Calgary Stampeders. And it was that 95 Grey Cup that really got me in. The first CFL team was the Stampeders. I liked Dave Sapungis and those guys. And then uh, NFL was the Titans was my favorite first. And, and away we roll. I'm trying to think of what I missed on those Yorkton Terriers well, in the SJHL. I had a couple of cousins was, playing for the Yorkton Terriers. So there you go. Yeah, junior hockey. Junior hockey was what? And mine, the Regina Pats, God's team. And it's funny because Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes that and he says, my very first high-level hockey game was the Calgary Wranglers. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah. all the viewers, can you please tell me what was your first favorite team in the variety of leagues and the reasons why? And the text line's open, 902-518-3033 on that. Now, the other thing, Bo Levi sitting down. Um, I've got a lot of messages have come in from Calgary. And I'll, I will give, I'll say it again. Not that I feel like I really need to or have to, but I just want to. It was Dunk, Justin Dunk at three down, who said that Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be sat down and Jake Mayer will start this game Thursday for Calgary at Winnipeg. I didn't see who reported it. I didn't believe it. I thought it was based solely on the fact that Jake Mayer was taking first-team reps for the Stampeders, and we were told in Calgary that Bo doesn't always take the first-team reps, so don't read into that. Lo and behold, the Stamps named Jake Mayer the starter today, and uh, Dunk is strutting around like a peacock in the corral. Good for him. He earned it. But I see Ken Gill watching in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and he has written in and says, I wonder if Bo Levi will go to Houston in the XFL. His contract's up at the end of the year. I don't like we have not heard anywhere near the end of this. We're seeing people saying that Bo is taking this news uh, classily and like a pro. But, you know, deep down, it doesn't feel good. He's a competitor. Maybe he feels that he's let the team down. Maybe he feels the team's let him down. I don't know. But could you imagine the 20? Who saw it coming that potentially 2022 was the last year Bo Levi would be in the Canadian Football League? That, That he could go to the XFL. What do you think? Yeah, nobody saw this coming. You thought maybe, you know, he'll slow down but still have success, and we'll see this gradual landing of the plane, right, of the career as it it slowly starts. But it happened really fast, you know, really fast. And it started with the injuries, and then this year hasn't been able to get things on track. You know, the XFL is interesting because I don't know that Bo has any NFL aspirations anymore or if that's still in the cards. But if he does, maybe it's the XFL that's the route to get there to get it back into the U S maybe he wants to play close to home and, you know, be in that environment that the rock has created uh, in the XFL. I think there's going to be a lot of appeal for players to want to go and be a part of that and, and uh, be a part of what the rock is building. So I could see it. I could see him quarterbacking the, uh, the Houston's XFL franchise. I really could. I don't know that I can still see him with another Canadian football league team yet. I just can't see it yet. I don't know what it is. I think the XFL would be more likely than another CFL team. 
So we'll get into that. I just, uh, from some of our P1s, the Rod Squad, our regular viewers, my cousin Christine in Medicine Hats is the first team she ever cheered for was the Milestone Flyers. Hey, a team for which I played. Arlen Bruce, you know, AB3, CFL great. He writes in, he says, I fell in love with the NHL last season in Edmonton. This season, I'm going to cheer on the Canucks. So have Sarah Orleski contact me when the Jets play in Vancouver. Great show, Rod and Moose. I feel like we need to get Arlen Bruce on soon. Can we make that happen? And uh, furthermore, we're kind of going, well, we always go off-road. We should be brought to you by the 4x4s produced by Capital GMC, right? Um. But T. Will in Winnipeg says, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? You saw that photo, I assume. Maybe you didn't. Um, Our guy Jay Noakes covers the XFL down in Houston. He was at Disney World, and he saw a banner on the wall for the XFL partnering with Disney, and clearly ESPN's going to broadcast the XFL games. And you think maybe The Rock might know somebody at Disney? You think maybe The Rock is the number (laughs) one entertainment star on the planet? might know somebody at Disney. So as Jay Noakes from Houston was pointing out, how many people go through Disneyland in a day? Anybody want to say? Like forty to 50,000. Disneyland, Disney World, they're all walking yeah. by these banners for the XFL. So I retweeted that and said, who, who would want to partner with Disney? What a bunch of losers Disney is. And The Rock? What a loser. <laughs> the CFL sure doesn't want to. So, well, here's uh, John in Edmonton says, Bo could go to the United States Football League or the XFL. Well, there is no, wait a minute, there is a USFL. 42 to 46 of their players signed on NFL rosters this season. Uh, I don't even know what my point was there other than the future of Bo Levi Mitchell. And I'm sorry, I'm done with that because I wanted to ask you this. An actual sports discussion. I said back in 0304, the Riders went with the decision to play Neilon Green over Henry Burris, and we couldn't figure out why. <laughs> and frankly, I was sitting, as I'm talking to you right now, with Danny Barrett in his office, the desk in between us. And I'm like, DB, why are you playing Neilon over Henry? Anybody in his dog can see that Henry's the better quarterback. And he goes, Did you play the position? That was the end of the discussion, Uh, and Danny is now the running backs coach of the Houston Texans. I believe the reason that Nilon was appointed the starter ahead of Henry Burris was that Shivers and Barrett were mad that Henry went to the NFL. I I believe that. Their whole rebuilding efforts were focused around Henry Burris, and he went to the NFL, which he ended up starting on Chicago for the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. So when he got cut in the NFL and came back, they said, you need to wait in line because Nilon's here. Nilon's our guy. But they left the best quarterback on the bench. That was a yeah. political reason right there that dictated the starting quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And somebody wrote in here earlier and said, who do you think made that decision, Roy or Danny? I would say the two of them made the decision in tandem together. By the way, it's... Uh, 111 Eastern. Yeah. 1111 where you are. Just wanted to point that out. We're on the right path, Moose. Obviously. Yes, we are. Obviously. I don't think I don't think Jake Mayer I don't think there's no way 
that any of this kind of thinking went into Jake Mayer being named the starter for Calgary. But do you recall or even hear, have you heard of a, a decision to start somebody not based on what's best for the team? No, but, you know, when you look at the Nealon versus Henry thing and everything else, they might have thought that that was best for the team, too. You know, when you have a guy go to the NFL, that maybe it's the entitlement thing of I can leave and I can come back and walk right into the start front of the classroom, right in the front of the bus and be the starter again. When it's like you haven't been with this team through camp and through all the stuff we've gone through, Nealon has and we're going to keep him as our guy and you're going to have to wait your turn now. And it, it could be that, you know, might not be the best guy playing, but could be a culture thing. And I, and I know that Dave and John in Calgary, Huffnagel and Dickinson probably spent a lot of time talking about this together. We want to make this move. We think this is right. You know, what's it going to do to the culture of our locker room? Always been the guy for so long, right? What do the receivers think? What's the coordinators think? How's the quarterback room going to adjust to this? All that would go into it. And obviously those are two really bright football guys that would know that making this move is going to be good for the football team, good for the culture. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, I love the analysis by you. And by the way, Serena and I were walking around the neighborhood uh, yesterday, and I said, I defer to Moose for all football, tactical analysis and discussion, and I'll handle the hockey. Not that you can't, but hockey's, you know, number one for me, and football's number one for you. Um, it's just another way of looking at it on that Nealon Henry thing. For instance, a couple comments here. Ken Gill in Scranton says the USFL won't pay what the XFL will for quarterbacks. Landry Jones' contract in 2020 was close to a million. Jeff the Stamps fan says Henry Burris was never going to re-sign in Saskatchewan, and Shivers knew it. Nope, you're wrong. Uh, In that one, I was right in the middle of it because Henry was calling my house. I was at my parents' house, actually, in Milestone, Saskatchewan. I guess I'll go down this road again and say it because clearly Jeff the Stamps fan hadn't heard the story. I know you have, Darren, so bear with me. But my mother answered the phone, the wonderful Judy Peterson. She knew Henry because my mom worked in the Ryder store. And she goes, just a minute, I'll get Rod. We miss you, Henry. I'll get Roddy. And she put me on the phone, and Hank said, Rod, I specifically told Roy and Danny to not call me to go through my agent, Ken Staninger, but they insist on cutting to me, cutting by them and going to me. And he talked about what the Riders were offering and what the Calgary Stampeders were offering. And he didn't want to leave Saskatchewan. But Roy Shivers, we believe, and I don't see any reason to think this isn't true, Roy was making about $250,000 a year as the GM, and he wasn't going to pay anybody more than he was being paid. This became an ego thing. And Calgary was offering double that, plus SUVs, plus accommodations, plus off-season jobs, and a job... When I say jobs, it's for Henry and his wife. So, no, Henry didn't want to leave Saskatchewan. And that's the story that Henry was going to put into his book, but he's waited 10 years and nobody cares anymore. So I'm sorry to go off on that, but there's just it's something that's very near and dear to my heart that people don't understand. And, and by the way, we're going to have to break here. We'll come back on this. Darren, where's Henry now? Where's Henry now? <laughs> the NFL. Doing what? Uh, coaching in the NFL. Where's Roy? 
I'm not sure. Exactly. How about that? So Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in and says, that's interesting, Rod. Not just two pretty faces right here. Anyways, we'll continue these discussions uh, and more when we come back. On the way, Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star and the Deep Left Field podcast. You are watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television Network. Also, YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is the RP Show on a beautiful day in Southern California, and the Moose is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. Darren Moose DuPont is with us. Uh, shifting around things a little bit, it'll be Mike Wilner in the fourth segment today. That is overtime. He of uh, the Blue Jays coverage with the Toronto Star on the Deep Left Field podcast. By the way, this Moose, this today is the reason why we're doing a show like this to get into the nuts and bolts of sports talk because it is fun. And uh, just regarding that Henry Burris story and the writers, Donna watching and says in the chat, nice to know that story gives us another side than just money for once. Um, T. Will in Winnipeg says, at this rate, I think the Expos have a better chance of winning a championship than the Jets do. We're examining the Winnipeg Jets today. What we've discovered is that they're going to miss the playoffs again, and we can come back around on this segment. But you said something really interesting that I want to pick back up on. It almost sounds to me like you sign off on the Riders' decision to play Neilon Green over Henry Burris because Henry left to go to the NFL and show that he wasn't all in. Am I right on that? That Do you think that they made the right decision by believing the better quarterback on the bench? And the reason being, if other teams look at it that way and say, you go to the NFL, you deserted us, which is kind of what happened to Jordan Williams-Lambert with the Rough Riders, Darren. He went signed with the Bears, gets cut, comes back at Labor Day, and his spot's gone. Manuel uh, Manny Arsenault is playing in his slot. He's not playing football anymore. So is taking that NFL shot not something you should do? Stay with the sure thing? I'm, 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 I'm confused. Yeah, you should take the NFL shot. You should want your players to go and, and do that. But when you're coming back in, a quarterback is so vital to the team. And you've built a, you know, your entire scheme around that quarterback. You've built everything, your cadences, your call. He's the leader now. And you're not just going to have somebody come in midway through and instantly be in charge. You know, you can't have somebody come in and instantly be the captain of the team and instantly become the leader again, unless that was already there before, you know, um, Neilon was the guy. So when Henry comes back in, he's got to come in as the number two, cause it's Neilon's team. Although if it doesn't work with Neilon and he's not producing, then you're, you know, you have to look at that succession plan, but you can't just, I don't think you can just walk back in from the NFL and, and assume the leadership role. It's not a punishment for going to the NFL. It's just, we've built this culture through training camp and through the start of the season. And we want to see that through. And if it doesn't work out, it's great that we've got this guy with NFL pedigree ready to roll. Fair. And I have never run a team or for that matter, a broadcast organization. I don't have designs to. And for that reason, I never will. But I would suggest I want the best people on the field. I want the best people on the air. 
And that's why we would win championships. And just to, to lastly, on the Burris thing, he didn't want to leave Saskatchewan. Circumstances made it that he had to leave. And if viewers want to know why I'm sitting in South Florida right now, that's why. Open your eyes. And it's worked out for Henry, and it's going to work out for us. Now, on the... uh, John in Edmonton says, Did you see what the CEO and president of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders said about ticket sales, Rod? Uh, I saw what you wrote in, John, that the ticket sales are down 9%, but I have zero interest in what the president of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders has to say about anything. And as a matter of fact, with the financials of the team, I'm not going to say whom said this to me, but a few weeks ago, the topic of the Rider financials came up and I said, you know, what about this? You know, when are we going to hear about this? And the fan said, and he's a close friend of mine, you know, he goes, I don't care. I'm like, excuse me? You're a long-time season ticket holder. He goes, I don't care about that stuff anymore. Did you win or did you not? <laughs> I've been thinking about it since. He's probably watching right now. Um, what, a no- what a novel. When you go into a restaurant, do you care what the paperwork says for, uh, at the local McDonald's you go to? No. I'm like, I don't think I care anymore. What a wonderful was way it good? to look at things. Or was it bad? Huh? Yeah. Was it, was it good did you or was win it or did bad? you lose? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, John, if that would put an, an answer to your question about if I saw what the president of the Rough Riders said about ticket sales, I don't care. I turn on the television, I look, and I see the attendance is down. I don't need a statement from him or any other team president or owner. I don't. Now, I, ha- I could open up the text line here, and I probably should. 902-518-3033. People are chiming in. Braden in the chat says, Casey Printers? Question mark. I'm sorry. What about him? Did you not have a story about Casey Printers? He was one of your favorite players. What was your story with Casey Printers? Or was, so it, or was it not you? Now. It wasn't me, but I was, a, I was a Casey Printers fan for a while. I thought he was a pretty electric quarterback when he played, and I wanted to see him have a little more success, a little more longevity in the league than he had. Uh, well, <laughs> another guy that had all the talent in the world and for, God, I didn't know Casey uh, Printers personally, so I shouldn't speak about him. I only know by, go by what I hear, and then he wasn't as dedicated to his craft as he should be. But let's just say something about Nathan Rourke. This is a, similar to Bo, and we've got questions. I've just opened the text line, and there's co- comments about Bo losing his starting job with Calgary. And, and this is for one week. If Jake Mayer doesn't go out and light it up, you're going to see Bo... Starting next week, and maybe it's not the end of the world. We're probably making too much of it, but that's what we do in sports talk. But if you lose your place in a CFL and you go to the NFL, you give it up and you go to the NFL and you come back, should you get your spot back? It's so weird to even talk about that because the CFL is the American Hockey League of football. It just is. So if a guy signs to go to the NHL, good for you, man. Good luck. Hope to never see you again. Stay up there. Nathan Rourke, back to our discussion from an hour ago. I talked to that football guy in Mississippi today that said any NFL team would be frothing at the mouth to sign Nathan Rourke as a number two guy. 
So should Nathan Rourke not want to go to the NFL because he can stay and make more money long haul in Canada? Why did Bo turn down the Minnesota Vikings? I think Mike Riley could have signed in Jacksonville, but he didn't want to take the chance. He was making a half a million dollars in the CFL. So <laughs> I guess Nathan Rourke has to sit and look at this. Now, to the text line, 902-518-3033. Jim is watching in Balgoni regarding our question, who's the first team he ever cheered for? He said, when I was a kid, I picked my favorite teams because I liked anything the color orange. Crazy, I know. So his teams are the NHL Flyers, NFL Bengals, CFL Riders, because he's from Sask, and Major League Baseball Blue Jays. By that thinking, you should have liked the Orioles, but I digress. Kirk Berseth, watching on Game Plus Television in Saskatoon, says, any chance Bo Levi Mitchell ends up in Saskatchewan next season? I addressed it in my column yesterday uh, on Sunday. I addressed it on this show yesterday. So I'll let you address and give your thoughts. And if Bo Levi Mitchell will sign with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders next season. Yeah, I think that's a hard no for me, Doug, because I think rather than seeing him in another CFL uniform, I see him in the XFL first. I just do. I don't know why that is. I, I think, you know, he would take a chance there rather than another Canadian football league team. That's, that, that's with no backstory of Bo. It's just a gut feeling, but it's also because he's been in Calgary his entire career. And I just can't picture him with another team, but you know, you look at, at friendly places where he might be able to have some success. There's going to be other places in the Canadian football league. He could go and thrive. Maybe it's Saskatchewan. If he's got a, a you know, rapport with Jason Moss, you know, could he mesh well with Paul Lapolis in Ottawa and they could have a really great relationship because it's always the coach or the coordinator and quarterback, you know, that relationship breeds a lot of success and uh, maybe that could be two spots for him. Ireland Bruce the third watching in Vancouver. He says, I had to deal with the controversy in Toronto with Kerry Joseph and Michael Bishop. Bishop was the better quarterback, but KJ started. How about that? Interesting. I'll just leave that right there. Ryan and Sa- we had Michael Bishop and Sask. Ooh. Ryan in Saratoga, New York, says, Fun fact about Michael Bishop, he's the only player in arena football history to rush for over 100 yards in a game. I don't doubt that. Andrew Stout, regarding ticket sales being down 9% in Sask, he says, Who cares about what the ticket prices are? I care that the rider offense is not innovative, no pass rush, and a coaching staff that seems lost. Just passing it along. And, by the way, every situation is different. Bo Levi's, Mike Riley's, Nathan Rourke's. I don't think Nathan Rourke's passport matters at all when we're talking about this. What we do here, Darren, is not a whole lot different than what the athletes do. I think it took me a while to realize that, and I think the fans and the viewers have no idea what that is. I mean, for years and years and years, as the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I didn't really have an interest to leave unless it was a really big job. Plus, it was my home. So when TSN and Sportsnet came calling, which they did, they were offering me very low-level jobs. And I'll never forget TSN saying to me, well, you're in Saskatchewan. You must be dying to get out of there. That just pissed me off. That's what they actually thought. 
So no, but I'm yeah. like I'm I'm supporting a family of five here right now. I'm sorry, but I can't go host these games on television for thirty six thousand dollars a year. I can't, and I don't regret those decisions either. By the way, um, hmm, here's a good one from Tacona Pally in Winnipeg says Rod, if the Lions struggle, will they go after Vernon Adams? I'll tell you something, VA is the bell of the ball. He is the hottest girl at the dance leading up to the CFL trade deadline. And can somebody tell me when the CFL trade deadline is? Because he's not even on the roster for Montreal, Darren, and the Owls are winning without him. Where's the likely landing spot for VA? BC seems like the, the most likely spot right now. I think Ottawa, not that they're turning to next season, but you, you look at places, teams that have struggled that's that's a couple opportunities, but BC could be it. If Michael O'Connor doesn't play well, it, it could be that VA ends up in BC because there's a team who needs a a plug and play option at quarterback. You're not taking a project, a rookie who hasn't played. You're not really that interested. You're going to do that with Michael O'Connor, but if that doesn't work out, you need a plug and play option. And VA is that plug and play piece. The other one is Saskatchewan. If if you're going to decide that Cody's not you know, going to be your guy down the stretch. Maybe VA ends up there, but that's going to be become musical chairs because then Cody's got to go somewhere. And you don't necessarily want to put him in Montreal as a backup to create controversy. You want to keep Trevor Harris confident. Cody could end up somewhere like BC. I mean, there could be a lot of moving pieces over the next few weeks. Well, and that's the thing is I'm watching the highlights on ESPN Sports Center, and I'm seeing managers going nuts. I'm seeing pitchers throw high-heated batters. I'm like, ooh, the games are starting to mean a lot. And the same thing in the CFL. Like, this uh, Riders-Lions game on Friday is massively pivotal. We know Cody Fajardo's going to start. It's pivotal for both teams. And I'm a little shocked that the Lions are favored by four at Bet Regal with a Canadian quarterback making his first ever start in Michael O'Connor. Because as much as everybody's extolling the virtues of Nathan Rourke and saying, forget about the fact he's Canadian. Hey, I get it. Nobody's saying that about Michael O'Connor. Yet, BC still favored by four. Regarding who did you cheer for and why, who was the first team you loved in every league? Stephen watching in North Dakota text into the 902 line. He says, before cable and satellite TV on the farm, I followed Kansas City and Denver because of relatives. Vikings were just on the other network. Now I can watch slash follow who I want with streaming updates. And that's interesting. I don't know if, I think you watched the interview with Victor Quee the other day, the president of the Elks, but man, he's no dummy, obviously. And uh, I talked to him about turning the people onto the brand in Edmonton, the Elks, the people that have been turned off. And he's like, well, we're looking at Edmonton, but we're looking worldwide. We're in a marketplace now, thanks to digital media and the internet, that our fan base doesn't have to be limited to Edmonton. And I thought, just like us, Hence, the American radio station that wants to carry our show. And I can't wait for that to happen, by the way. Road trip. Moose will be back with us after this break. And Mike Wilner <laughs> coming up in the overtime. You're watching the RP Show live on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube daily and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
Okay, just ahead of more with the moose, I'm going to jump into a sports update and some breaking news from our friends at Curling Canada. The, fa- the fans have had their say and selected Team Greg Smith of Newfoundland and Team Suzanne Burt of PEI as the final two teams to compete at the inaugural Points Bet Invitational. Those two teams will join an established field of 30 at the Willie O'Ree Place in Fredericton starting September 21st for a chance to take home a share of the massive purse in excess of $350,000 in the single elimination knockout competition. Uh, the Blue Jays faced the Boston Red Sox today in the second game of the three-game three set at Fenway. Jays hammered the Red Sox 9-3 in Tuesday's opener. Defending champion Canada will enter the World Hockey Championship in Denmark at a high after thumping the United States 3-1 in a pre-tournament game on Monday, sorry, Tuesday. Canada, who's also the reigning Olympic champions, opened the tourney Thursday against Finland. The sports update for Dark Horse Bets app. Bring the thrill of the track to your fingertips with Woodbine's new Course Bets app. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available for Android and Apple devices. Also brought to you by Ballers Rec Room, the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store, and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Moose, um, speaking of curling, did we get a text message from Ben Hebert? I just saw the uh, the text here. <laughs> you go, you go. I'm reading the text from Ben Hebert, the Olympic champion curler and best friend of Bo Levi Mitchell. What's he saying in here? Oh, he's uh, he's chiming in about the CFL trade deadline and just having some fun with us, uh, you know, about Bo and everything else. He's watching the show, which is great. So hi, Benny, and good. Should good I read this? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Yeah, okay. This is meant yeah. for just us. I get it. Yeah. But just having some fun. If you follow, listen, I'm Facebook friends with Bo, and believe me, if Benny says he's a good guy, I believe he's a good guy. If Jack Fulton says he's a good guy, then I believe Bo's a good guy. He just released a statement on his Facebook, and I'm assuming his Instagram as well. I'm not sure. Bo Levi saying that he is obviously frustrated with this decision for him not to start on Thursday, but he's not above coaching and he's not above criticism. He supports Jake Mayer. And what else did he say? He will look at himself as to what he needs to be better. And he will be back on the field that from Bo Levi Mitchell today. So who needs the media when you can use your own social media channels, to be honest with you, I wouldn't talk to the media at all. If I was an athlete and a player and a coach, I wouldn't, I'd be like Tiger Woods. I would just tweet it all on my own. That's what I would do. Not joking. Well, it's funny. You, you talk about this all the time, um, you know, and, you know, whether it's through your recovery or through any situation, you know, when you're going through something and things are happening to you that are that are not that great, you know, it's important to, to ask yourself, what's my role in the situation? What have I done in this situation? Right. And yeah, there's other things. And sometimes you're getting screwed and you look at other people and, and you know, assign blame. But what's your role in it? And, and for Bo to say, look, at, I'm going to examine myself and I'm going to look at how I've played and how I've trained and what I've, how I've approached the game and whatever else he might be meaning by that. That's a mature thing to say, you know, that you're going to look at yourself and what role do you play in the situation that you're in? Well, nobody ever wants to do that. You and I were talking about that on the air uh, or on the phone the other day when I pointed out that Ryder fans' treatment of their quarterbacks is crazy and sad. <gasps> They're throwing fire at me. I don't care. Look at yourselves. It's, it's insane. 
the way you treat the quarterbacks in Saskatchewan. They don't want to look at themselves. Um, Mike Wilner coming up next segment to talk Blue Jays baseball. And our viewers, as we know, the analytics show, they can't get enough of that. Chris Mason in the chat says, Seattle wants Nathan Rourke, at least for the backup position. Dude, they haven't decided who their number one is yet. Seattle might be the best option for Nathan Rourke in the National Football League. Our guy Lee Genye has said it's Cleveland, but it might be Seattle just down the road. Michael Wynn is watching in Winnipeg. You know Michael. Um, he says, Bison's Huskies, preseason game. Tomorrow night, Darren, are you at the game? You're going to be broadcasting Canada West football. I'm doubting you're going to be at a preseason game, but what's your read on the Bison's and Huskies Canadian University football? Yeah, TBD. I don't think I'm going to be at the game, but I'm going to be following very closely. And it's it's going to be so much fun to watch. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, up to my ears in prep now getting set for the season and really excited about it. Two teams that's, that are going to be extremely competitive and it's fun. Good rivalry. And I can't wait for the season to get started. Jason and Red Deer says, yes, it's on Bo's Instagram as well. Um, so, yeah, Bo Levi Mitchell taking to his social media channels today to discuss his, um, I guess you say benching. I didn't want to say Connor Bedard got benched in the round robin game against Finland, but he did. Bo's being sat down here for Jake Mayer. So, is Mercury in retrograde? Or as I saw, Jed Roberts, he put on, on Facebook, the uh, Eskimos great. Is Mercury in lemonade right now? Bingo! <laughs> Weird stuff's happening. Moose, I'm going to let you go. We're going to have Mike Wilner join us next. So thanks for your efforts today. You have yourself a great day. You too. Blue Jays fans, perk up, including you people in the Game Plus control room in downtown Toronto because you got all the Blue Jays questions. Mike Wilner joins us next to talk Blue Jays baseball. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. All right, we're back one final time today for Overtime. It's brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. And what a day in sports. Bo Levi Mitchell will not start for the Calgary Stampeders Thursday at Winnipeg. We've been examining the Winnipeg Jets. Stay tuned tomorrow to see which team we profile tomorrow as we work our way towards NHL training camp. And how about those Blue Jays? Big 9-3 winners at Boston on Tuesday night. They'll play game two tonight at Fenway. And Mike Wilner joins us. Ross Stripling was the hero yesterday, uh, was he not? Uh, Ross Stripling is the hero in Blue Jaysville these days. Anyways, Mike, you just talked to him? I, I didn't yet, but I will. He's going to be on the, the podcast. Uh, my, he's on my podcast every week. He's such a wonderful uh, uh, interview and a great guest. And I'm like, uh, I can't believe I got a member of the starting rotation in every week. So, yeah, I'll talk to him a little bit later this afternoon. Um, but absolutely. Look, he's the uh, where would they be without him guy, right? When you look at this Blue Jays season, um, the starting pitching and how good he's been and how he has stabilized and solidified that rotation and honestly been one of the best starters in the league over the last three and a half months. 
Um, yeah, where would they be without him? And he was great again last night since he's come back off the injured list. He's had two starts, 12 and a third innings and one earned run. Uh, and he kick-started this run with that great game on Wednesday last week against Baltimore. So uh, just just fantastic from Ross Tripling so far. I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, six innings Tuesday night at Fenway, only one hit allowed. And here's here's my read, and then I'll take yours. And by the way, very nice to hear your voice, Mike, uh, from the Toronto Star on the Deep Left Field uh, podcast. Um, hey, they fired Charlie Montoyo. We've discussed that. They have the spike under John Schneider and then a swoon, and now they're back. And I feel like they're going to keep the pedal to the metal the rest of the way. Or they should, like the end line is in sight. Can they keep it up the rest of the way, do you think? At this pace, no. And and I think he gave up four hits last night, but it was one hit the start oh. before. Um, but um, no, you, you, you can't. And the Blue Jays' season has been this weird uh, sort of like roller coaster, and I know that gets said a lot, but look, like like uh, like you said, they had a lull and they're going great now. They had a lull in May. They went two and seven on a road trip, and then immediately won twelve out of fifteen. They had a lull in July when they lost nine out of ten, and then immediately won twelve out of fifteen again. And now they had this lull where they lost eight of ten and immediately have won five out of six. Maybe on their way to another twelve out of fifteen. They are in a really great spot of the schedule right now. Their next 11 games are against terrible teams. The Red Sox are the best of the bunch, and they're, I think, three games under 500 now. Uh, and then you've got the Cubs, the Angels, and the Pirates, all of whom are just absolutely awful. So hopefully over these next 11 games, you see the Blue Jays go like 8-3, and three, maybe 9-2, and two, something like that. Get a little bit of breathing room uh, at the top of that wild card race. But... They're bound to have another one of these lulls just because it, it keeps happening all the time. And hopefully once it does, they're clear enough that their playoff spot is secure. You can have a lull, like let's say the third week of September, and then you get hot again. And if you get hot in October, you win the whole thing. So um, it really has been a year of hot streaks and cold streaks for the Blue Jays. And if they get the timing right, uh, they've got as good a chance as anybody to win the World Series. Well, and let me just pause this for a second and say, stop the presses. Let's go back to the weekend where the Jays take three or four off the Yankees. Something we don't talk enough about in Canada is what is wrong with the Yankees? They've had a wire-to-wire division lead, and now they're struggling. What what have you identified as is their problem? Baseball, man. I mean, <laughs> look, there's a reason that, that at the beginning of the season, nobody thought the Yankees were going to be this good. Nobody picked the Yankees to win the division. Nobody thought they were going to be anything more than a mid-range wildcard team, maybe two or three. And a lot of people picked them to finish out of the playoffs. And it's what's hilarious to me about this punditry and all these experts and all this stuff um, is that two months changed so many people's opinion who have watched this game for 20, 30, 40 years. It doesn't work that way. The Yankees were never going to win 120 games. They're going to win the division more than likely, and that's a surprise because, again, nobody expected this. And all these you know, sonnets were written and great stories in April and May about oh, how I, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and, and Jose Trevino have fixed this team because the Yankees had such crappy defense. It's just, look, they played way above their heads, and they did it for a long time. Not too many teams can sustain it for as long as the Yankees did. Back on July 9th, you're like halfway through the season, they were still on pace to break the all-time record for wins in a single season. And then it caught up to them. 
and they had a four and 14. Didn't come back to the pack. Look, they still have a huge lead in the division. So good for them. But this is not a, um, you know, generational team. This is not a Yankee team like the late 90s where they just steamrolled over everybody and won four World Series in five years. They're good. They're probably better than a lot of us thought they were going to be. But are they as good as people were saying they were in June? Absolutely not. 162 will always get you. Always. And it, hmm. it has with the Yankees. And look, credit to them. They're still probably going to win the division. Um, more than likely going to win the division. And that's something nobody expected them to do. But they're, they're just as flawed as anybody else. Well, please tell me, just curious fan here, because I don't profess to know anywhere anything about baseball, let alone as close to what you do. How is this different from two years ago where the Jays got a wild card spot and everybody said they don't win a game, and they didn't against Tampa Bay? They go to the final day last year, as we know, they don't get in. And now this year, if they claim a wild card spot and everybody's going to be excited, why would we think this year would be any different than it was two years ago? Because they're a much better team now than they were two years ago. I mean, there's there's no question about it. Remember, 2020 was that 60-game season, right? With the expanded playoffs, eight teams made it, and the Jays got in as the eighth. Now, five to, uh, six teams make it, so and they're probably going to get in as the third or fourth. Um, but in 2020, they were coming off a 95-loss season. Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, hadn't played a full year in the major leagues yet. Jordan Romano hadn't played a full year in the major leagues yet. They, the playoffs was just a gravy that year. And yeah, they got stormed out in two games against a team that was 40 and 20 and, and wound up going to the World Series and, and losing in game seven, uh, I think. Um, but they, they, that wasn't them yet. They weren't there yet. Now, they're, this is, it's two years later. They're a much, much, much better team. Uh, Guerrero's coming off a season where he could have been the MVP and is back being a, you know, top eight hitter in the major leagues. They've got George Springer. They've added, I mean, look, they've got Alec Manoa. They didn't have in 2020. It's a much, 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 much better team than it was in 2020. And that first wildcard round, chances are this year, all the games are going to be in Toronto and they're not going to be visiting the number one seed uh, playoff tested team in the league. It's, it's, I mean, it's night and day. It's night and day from 2020 to now. That's why I asked. Uh, another one. Uh, we have three minutes. Are they DHing George Springer so as not to cause him to get hurt? They're DHing him because his elbow's no good still. It's, it's getting better. Um, but they still don't want to put the pressure on him to make long throws in center field or in, you know, any hurried or rushed throws. So yeah, that's, that's why they're de-aging him because his elbow's not healthy, but that's fine. Yeah. Looked pretty good last night. He looks pretty good at the plate. Right. He was seven for his last seven coming into the game, uh, <laughs> yesterday and he hit that little blue triple and had another hit. So yeah, you know, if the best he can do is DH and the best he can do is DH, but this is an entirely different team. It feels like when Springer's in the line. No kidding. Expensive DH, but and it's driving me nuts because here in South Florida, uh, they Sportsnet's money, figured right? out. <laughs> Fair. Uh, here in South Florida, I can't get the Jays games. I could the last time I was here. Now I can. It's driving me nuts. And I see the Blue Jays schedule has come out for 2023. Again, not a baseball guy. Is this habitual that next year's would come out as early as August? 
Yeah, I think so. Late August, like mid-September sometimes. Uh, but it is cool. I haven't had a chance to really, really, really break it down yet. But um, they do open in St. Louis. And I think it's the first time that the Blue Jays have ever opened in interleague. I, I certainly don't remember it happening before. Um, their home opener is until April 11th. So they start the season on uh, 13-day road trip. And I guess that's to give room for those Rogers Center renovations in case things push a little bit late. Um, this is the first year where every team plays every team that's never happened before in baseball. So it's really cool. Eight national league teams are coming to Toronto and the blue Jays are visiting eight national league cities. Um, this, the schedule is pretty neat, uh, except for as always, uh, Victoria day, Simcoe day here in Ontario, which I guess is a civic holiday across the country and labor day. They are on the road, all those three, which is just, I mean, I, I don't know why they can't be home for the Canadian long weekends, but they are, of course, home on Canada Day to Boston. It is what it is. Hey, hey, we got less than 30 seconds. Mike, thanks for the time, man. Enjoy the run. I always appreciate you. Always happy to be here, Rod. Thanks. Thanks to Rod Black, Mike Wilner, as you saw, all of our viewers, and uh, Bo for being a good sport. We'll continue this chat tomorrow, Thursday, noon Eastern, right here on Game Plus TV. Who has more fun than us? <laughs>